Welcome to A Tribe Called Methodist. We talk about personal holiness, social holiness, irrelevance, and irreverence. Basically, I mean, it's no surprise we are irrelevant, but... Well, you are. Indeed, I am. My name is Matthew Kofal. I am a local pastor. I'm Davin Oswick. I'm a full elder. And uh, we are here tonight uh, on the final evening of annual conference to have a conversation with a few different folks, a few different folks who didn't feel like they had a place at the table. Hashtag 2019, hashtag yellow. Hashtag no regrets. So here we are to make a wrong, a right, right Uh, or wrong. Booyaka Shaba. And... uh, we have a couple of folks here with us tonight. Two, three, four, some. Actually, we have a bunch of folks with us we tonight. We do. That's just a matter Jessica, of Jessica, it's great to have you here with us Thank tonight. You. It's great to be here. And uh, we want to just talk to you about your journey. And um, you are, uh, Jessica is an ordained deacon. Mm, she's not ordained. I'm provisional. That's right. She's commissioned. Commission, sorry. But I get that the, screwed up in because the I'm a local pastor. Track, that is correct. Um, Beyond you, Matthew. I know. I know. I know who rules me. I can I can vote for more things than you can. I know. Kind of. I mean, I don't know. What's you know it what? Really matter? It, it doesn't. No regrets. No regrets. No regrets. So Hashtag what I really like to do, AC. Jessica, is to uh, talk about... Um, you know, your journey. Can you uh, give us a little uh, kind of... Well, let's talk about sex, baby. <laughs> let's talk about... No, then I'd have to talk about my parents. No, no. let's not go there. Yeah, let's not. Yeah, let's just uh, stick with you. I'm from upstate New York, uh, Niagara County, Niagara County Dirtbag. And uh, I've not heard of Dirtbag. No, is that uh, where is that an approximation to uh, Lockport? That would be anything actually outside of the city of Lockport, other than Lower Town and so east of could Lockport. be northeast, southwest, doesn't matter. That's, outside of the city of Niagara Falls. Um, I've also heard Niagara County referred to as the Niagara County Suckhole. <laughs> is Suckhole different than Dirtbag? As in the, as in the, I idea, think so. As in the it's, idea, it's a cut above. It's it's the suck hole is a cut above dirtbag. It's is the that, idea. Is dirtbag yes. further east? It's the I'm just idea. trying to get my geography. It's the right. idea it's, that it's if not you really get geography so much as a state of mind. Yeah, I think. it's okay. the idea. Yeah. Okay, fair mm-hmm. enough. It's the idea that if you get stuck in Niagara County, you're stuck there's, in Niagara County. There's like there's the people that are kind of content with staying sucked into Niagara County, and then there's the people. That aspire to something slightly better, and that would be the dirt bags. All right. I would believe. All right. And sometimes they make it, and sometimes they don't. So you are a Niagara County dirt bag. Once upon a time. Okay. And I guess I was the once and future dirt bag of Niagara County. Um, then my family moved away. We lived briefly in um, North Carolina, which, if you would like to see, the pit of human despair, live in rural North Carolina. Which part? Near Greenville. Okay. And uh, then my family moved out to the suburbs of Denver, Colorado, and that's where I went to middle school, high school, and college, and even spent some time after college being employed at Coors Brewery in Golden. Nice. This is ridiculous. Nice. No, your, your parents then eventually moved back. No, right? 
They're no, still you in, moved back, but they I did moved not. back, and they did not. Um, so they're still they're still there, and so is my brother in Denver. Yeah. So you have roots in yes dirt bag. I'm trying to get my technology, you know, to get mm-hmm. this all right in dirt bag, Niagara mm-hmm. County. Mm-hmm. But you actually have no family currently, other than yourself in dirt bag, Niagara County. No, I mean most of my extended family actually lives in Niagara County. Just not your parents. Just not my parents. Yeah, they're still out in Colorado. Mm-hmm. Okay, just trying to get to play the land. Um, okay, so feel- so you you got you're in Denver and you mm-hmm. go to college and then I went to the University of Denver, which is actually um, you den you den do you, which is actually um, right, right next door to Iowa School of up. Theology uh-huh. and across the street from Elif. du Elif, Elf yeah. Uh, across the street from DU is University Park United Methodist, uh, and that's actually the school I started going to in my uh, fourth. Or, I was in, I was at uh, DU for five years. I did the four plus one program there, which is where you get your master's and bachelor's in five years. And uh, I started going there because I wanted to kind of renew the Christian faith that I was in growing up, and. Um, I started going there. It seemed like a pretty cool place, and I liked the pastor a lot, and he's now the DS of Denver Metro. And um, I remember opening up one of their hymnals, and they had the Methodist social principles inside the cover. And I read that, and I decided I wanted to be a Methodist. Based on the social principles? Yeah. At one time, I was the, oddly. You were? Yeah, the, the Board of Church and Society like chairperson and, you know... Peace with Justice coordinator. That was like my jam. And uh, I think three human beings on earth actually knew the social principles. And there came a point where I was like, we merged this mega conference. And I thought, nobody cares. And nobody asked me, do you want to do this in some other capacity? But it's weird to hear somebody's call. No, I well, it's weirder. It's weirder because the guy who inspired me to be a deacon, uh, he I think he's like works at ILIF now. Um, for a while, he was actually a. Um, he was a um, labor organizer in Denver, um, but he actually was converted to Methodism by uh, reading John Wesley's sermons. Really, maybe one of ten people wow. in all the history of Methodism. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I think it's really um, interesting that you say uh, about the social principles because um, I came to a point in, and um, I've talked about, I think enough about this, but as a as an evangelical ex-evangelical kind ex-vangelical? of ex-evangelical, there's a there's a word for it now. I know there is. I know there. I'm I'm very familiar uh, with the nomenclature recovering. Uh, but the the thing of it is, is that uh, at some point, you know, you're kind of evangelical. If you if you think enough about it, your original evangelical stuff only takes you so far. And I think for me, discovering the social principles was like a a second awakening, and so that mm-hmm. helped me to kind of stay in the game, if you will. So I I, de- I definitely identify with. With your, it's just interesting that that was your starting point. I'm, that, I, it's funny because I came at it from a different angle. I grew up in mainline churches, actually. Um, I've been to, I used to joke that I was like, 
baptized in a Lutheran church. Um, I had my first communion in a Methodist church. Um, I was confirmed in an Episcopal church. For a while, we went to a PCUSA church. The only church we didn't go to when I was growing up was a UCC church. It's kind of weird. So if I could say mm-hmm. it, you're basically a mainline mutt. I am a mainline mutt, yes. Okay. And um, so for me to go to a Methodist church kind of fit in with that. But when I was in college, I was learning a lot about social justice. And um, especially I was taking courses in international studies, but also like women's studies, postmodern theory. And I was like, if I can't reconcile my faith, which I was always taught Jesus believed in treating all people with dignity and love and respect. I'm like, why am I not learning that in church? Uh-huh. Because it doesn't seem to make sense. And, it, you know, and I'm learning all these things about injustice in our nation and in the world. And I'm like, but Christianity should have something to say about that. And that's why I, I had all those questions. And then when I read the Methodist Social Principles, I'm like, oh, this is a church that might actually care about that. Well, okay. well, well, maybe, yeah. sort of. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was, it was very aspirational at the time. <laughs> if we appeal so. to our better selves. Yes. Yeah. Sure. Well, and, and, I, and there I, are people who do amazing work all over the world. Absolutely. Like sure. UMCOR, for instance. And, well, um, and I think that would be true of any, any denomination, is you probably find statements that... Um, would be similar it happened to find you at a time where you said hey I want to be part of this uh, this is that noisy chair I hear it now I'm gonna I'm gonna try to not move anymore oh dear party fell man down um, we've got a lot of if, if you're if but, you're wondering you know, Presbyterian out, yeah. Church or, or any of those others I know they all have these social impetus to them it's oh, just that certainly. we publish it in in a way and I think sometimes these things disappear in the sense of uh, any denomination of who we are and what's important to us I think um, it was the place and the time that congregation was very been. socially engaged yeah. I remember the Kenmore United Methodist Church and we have somebody who served there as well, but they used to have this social justice committee or something like this. Had this like ancient lady that was like nine thousand years old, <laughs> and this lady was like so socially driven and, and smart, like super smart. I came there and did a did a day course for them on the social principles, and this was like long ago. This is way before I actually went to the Kenmore Church to be their pastor. Uh, and that committee didn't exist anymore by the time I got there, but it probably existed when Greg was there. Uh, but uh, how many churches had that kind of peace that reminded the church regularly of the social principles and the reality of responsibility and what the church was about? I don't know. I think that was a pretty rare thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I it agree. was a pretty rare thing. Yeah. So you go to Denver. Mm-hmm. You end up at Iliff? I didn't end up at Iliff. Okay, no. so where do you go from Denver? That's actually something I'm not willing to discuss in recording on the internet. No, that's fine. <laughs> um, um, but, but suffice to say, um, if I could, if I could just catch mm-hmm. everybody up to where where we met, uh, we met at CRCDS. Yes. And Colgate Rochester Crozier yes. Divinity School. Mm-hmm. That great acronym. We yes. just call CRUDs. Gross. <laughs> CRCDS, yes. Yeah. Um, um, a place that we we actually, I mean, 
as far as I'm concerned, mm-hmm. I owe my my ministry to. I wanted I... to get married in their chapel. It's beautiful. Um, I, did, I got married in Worcester, Pennsylvania. Or Pennsylvania. <laughs> Worcester, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. That would be like doubly awful. Worcester, Massachusetts instead. But um, What do you have against Pennsylvania? There's Never no Worcester don't, there. Don't, uh, don't define it. That's a different podcast. For our, uh, yeah. Actually, the stadium in Pittsburgh is probably one of the best I know. So... It's funny sure. because people people talk stadium. a lot of shit about CRCDS. We're going to get him on his, his own box. We're going to do a Pittsburgh podcast. It's true. It's true that people do. I, you know, I, yeah. I had a, I had a um, when I was going through um, DCOM at uh, my first go around, I actually had was a. Was that the time that you decided not to go on? Or yes. This, no, this was the time I was. You went on and came I back. went on and. I got to get him right. I went on and the. Board of Ordain Ministry said, yeah, you're not ready. But I had a person on the DCOM at the time say to me, CRCDS is not a place that I would ever send my dog to. Wow. Okay, so there was a lot of love see, there. Well, now, see, what's interesting yeah. enough, was there a dog? he was a, a person <laughs> who had graduated from CRCDS with an MDiv. Are we talking about a purebred dog? <laughs> Not the way he described it. Well, it's funny because it's like, you know, people talk a lot of shit about it. And I have encountered so many, like, evangelicals in Western New York. When I say I went to CRCDS, they were they go do this thing like, oh, and they look me up and down and they kind of give me this like, oh, you're gross kind of thing. But, I mean, could they have done better? Have Are they kind of disorganized? Have they been kind of disorganized? Yes. But did I get some really extraordinary education there from some of their extremely dedicated professors? Yes. Absolutely. Dr. James Evans, his course on Martin Luther King and Howard Thurman changed my life. Sure. Um, Dr. Kim was an amazing ethics professor. Dr. Brummett, amazing Old Testament. Dr. May, amazing theology. I mean, I just... Dr. Yeah, the, Tyson, an extraordinary Methodist we had some, theology professor. We had some excellent professors there. We yeah. really can I, can did. Can I get my breakdown on the... Uh, because it's liberal. It's considered the most liberal divinity No, I school. don't think that's it. I think it's... This is my take. This is my take. No, no offense. Okay, intended. go ahead. Okay, no, go no, ahead. no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Give your take. Is It's local, so you get all your people from the same place. I think sometimes when the diversity comes from beyond that it's easier to be like, oh, huh, they're from over there. And when it's all from United and Colgate, it's like, yeah, yeah, that was so easy. They just went to there. I mean, yeah. we definitely bow to the so people that not, went to Boston University, that's for sure. Oh, mm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's true. We got a couple of them at the table tonight. <laughs> uh, bow down. Before the ones you serve. Yeah. I thought he was okay, going to go Beyonce on us Thanks, and say Trent. bow down bitches, but... Yeah. <laughs> I'm not trying right. to say that, that the education was less, but sometimes I think... And this is true in the New England Conference. If I can put it in a different way, the New England Conference coming out of Boston University is like coming out of cruds. Uh, it's... Everybody goes there. It's you're, the you're, farm. You're, you're coming out of the same place. Okay, here we go. Fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is sometimes I think the local place ends up gaining a bad reputation by virtue of being the local place. Yeah, I wish we didn't do that because, um, you know, if we take seriously the ministry of the local church, we really need the local option. 
Yeah. Which we don't have. I mean, well, how, ma- how many have people a- have time and energy to drive all the way to, you know, I mean, Drew out in New Jersey or whatever? By the time Wesley I Wesley down in Washington, D.C. By the time I finished flunking out of seminary the first time. <laughs> and I did. Bless. You, you are a high achiever. I, I love I, for those stuff. of you who don't know, I did flunk out of Asbury Seminary down in Wilmore, Kentucky. I was... I. I tried the evangelical that's, route. That's, that's just wow. another story. I gave it the honest. Uh, I gave it the old seminary UPS college try. UPS welcomed you with open arms. I did love UPS while I was down in Kentucky. Sierra CDS welcomed you. You and were, you later, were the heartthrob. And, <laughs> and then later on, I came to. I came to. Uh, yeah, I came to. I came to Sierra CDS. A heartthrob of Cruz, apparently. But it was <laughs> heartthrob. Pickens were play pretty slim. It was <laughs> no offense. No, but it was fun. We had a good time. But the the fact is, <laughs> you had a good time apparently. I had a, everybody was like, oh yay! I had a lot of fun. It was it was a good time. But it was also a time that that really encouraged me to stay in ministry. And I think without the local option, I wouldn't have had that opportunity. Mm. I, I, I wouldn't say, have I had that in the either. Northeast, we're, we're pretty lucky in that. I mean, think about other places in the country where four hours or more is their closest local oh, yeah. option. Lutherans, if they're in Colorado, they drive to like Iowa or Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I know, and I know this was in the first podcast, but I, I went s- s- straight through. I I went to seminary like I went to college, which means I, I didn't commute mm-hmm. to anything, mm-hmm. which is different than a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I never had to exercise the local option in the sense of what is reasonably close by that I can make work with life. I went to it like I went to college, which means I went broke going to seminary, and then I went in horrible debt. But, but hey, freaking awesome time. There's funny. always that big payoff mm-hmm. at the end Boston when you get your first the appointment. Best. It's funny you say that because actually the reason I took six years to get my MDiv was because I had accrued a lot of debt going to undergraduate in my first master's program, and I refused to do that again. So I had to like work my way through my MDiv, mm-hmm. and that meant it took six years because I was paying out of pocket mm-hmm. for the most part. And I did get some scholarships, but most of it was out of pocket. I didn't take out another loan. So you recently graduated from seminary with an MDiv? Uh, three years ago. Okay, three years ago. And you're, in, you're about to be... You're, you are commissioned as a... I am commissioned. Um, probably not anywhere close to being ordained. Um, it's going to take a while, and in part it's because I had my daughter this year, and that took a big chunk of time out of sure. my hours. A normal process, I'd say two years? I'd say it's probably going to be like three years. Two to three. Uh, but in the meantime, you're, you're, you're doing the work that you envisioned that you might be doing? It's funny that it's always kind of been a struggle with me. Um I do the work that I'm good at, and that is like healthcare quality improvement, especially for underserved populations. Right now, I work in Buffalo at an organization that serves um, a lot of uh, people in the LGBTQ population, um, also people with um, HIV/AIDS, um, hepatitis C. Uh, we have a syringe exchange program on site, um, so we also serve people who uh, have substance use issues and mental health, behavioral health. We have a pharmacy on site. It's an extraordinary program, and um, our patients are amazing, and the staff is just phenomenal, and they're all dedicated, which 
having worked at a place previously where the staff were not dedicated, it makes all the difference in the mm-hmm. world every day to go into work and know that everybody cares as much as you do. Sure. Um, so what I'm really good at is like healthcare administration, healthcare quality improvement for population health, underserved mm-hmm. populations. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing that God keeps calling me to, and the thing I keep going back to God and saying, you need to give me more time because I don't have enough time to do it is writing. Mm-hmm. I really feel called to do a lot of theological writing and I don't have time to do it. It's very hard for me to find time to do it. And yet I keep feeling called to do it. Mm-hmm. It's a huge struggle. And especially now that I have a daughter, it's like, okay, God, where am I going to find the time to do it? Yeah. 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 Because I still have to like, sir, you know, I still have to put food on the table mm-hmm. and support my family. Sure. So the truth is that I don't know. It's it's always like I like to joke that I'm always building a bridge that um, is over a chasm and I'm building it as I go over the chasm. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think that's I think that's what basically what ministry is. Right. It's mm-hmm. always building a bridge. Sure. But mm-hmm. you're you're basically walking over it as you're building it. Yes. Oh, yes. Sometimes that chasm just goes bigger and on and on different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or you build it over one side and you go, oh, look, there's another chasm. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, yeah. Yeah. But it's also hard, too, because with writing, it's just, there's not kind of that immediate payoff of seeing, look, I increased, like, our immunization rates by 20% this past year. Or, oh, look, you know, because we got, you know, 20 patients to stop smoking, that means their lives will be, like, massively uh, improved in the long run. Sure, sure. You know, there's not that kind of immediate or long-term payoff in right. the same way there there yeah. is in my industry. It so. is a dilemma because we live in a age of instant gratification. So the idea of being an influencer is more of a, how many likes can you get on Instagram <sighs> or how many follows can you get on Twitter? This oh. is my side. Yeah. But, <laughs> but seriously, Put so, that one off my, uh, so writing, writing and maybe to a further extent, policy making is, like a long-term kind of game, mm-hmm. and we don't see the payoff right away. It's like planting a tree as opposed to planting a crop that will be harvested well, in I'd, a year. I'd, I'd make the argument that that's all of ministry, though. Yeah, I think Look, so, but but even... There's an element mm-hmm. to which I love... Uh, no, I, I don't genuinely love... I, I hate mowing my lawn, but I love mowing my lawn because when I'm done mowing my lawn, I see the fact that my lawn is mowed. And I never walk away from church on Sunday and go, wow, the lawn is cut. I'm all good. It looks great. At least one week from now, I know that I got to be, you know, it's got to be done again, but it's going to look great when Mm -hmm. I'm done. Mm -hmm. But every once in a while, something happens and metaphorically, you look at the lawn and go, oh, I guess I cut the lawn. Wow. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. it looks good. So I, you know. I think in some ways that's a state of ministry. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, before we let you go, we're gonna we're gonna have uh, have you on again, Jessica. But awesome. Um, we we wanted to just uh, get your kind of reaction, thoughts, feelings, if you can sum them up in you know two or three minutes um, about um, annual conference this year. It's it's been a time of certainly been a time of incredible upheaval, where we've just faced like. General conference and then judicial council and then, uh, 
you know, meetings with our bishop who has said, I will uphold the will of the general conference without any question. And, you know, it's been a, it's been a real, I think, for anyone who's ever tried to build a, a welcoming, affirming congregation, it's been a sense of, oh my gosh, our whole world is coming down. And every time we think that something is going to, you know, intervene on our behalf, we, we are disappointed. So I, I'm wondering if, if you maybe want to comment about, about, you know, annual conference in the light of general conference. You can say as much as you want. You can say as little as you want. This is a podcast, so yeah. and it is getting pushed out into the public. So, so meanwhile, he said two to three minutes. You can say as much as you want, but as long as it fits in this, yeah. So I, I can keep it. I can keep it somewhat brief. Um, so initially, when I when I found out the results to that, it was very much the sense of despair. And it just kind of was like mimicking kind of the way the last few years have gone nationally, politically. I was like, oh, it's just like going in the same direction as everything else. Um, This sense that we're going to just self-destruct all of these institutions that have kind of held society together for so long. And then I was like, you know, we need to stop thinking that other people are going to save us. We have to get off our asses and do the work ourselves and save ourselves. Nobody's going to come around the corner or over the hills. You know, we say, my lift marriage to the hills, from whence will my help come? My help comes from the Lord. But in some sense, we we have to do it ourselves with, you know, the Holy Spirit's help. We can't just, like, sit on our hands and be like, well, somebody will come and say mm-hmm. this. Jesus will come. You know, it's like yeah, kind of like waiting for the rapture. Right, or this like, isn't the battle of, like, I, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a... I'm a uh, Lord of the Rings fan. So this it's isn't not, the Battle of Deep Helm where yeah. Gandalf is coming over the the, the edge yeah. of the, you know. It's like the writers of Rohan aren't going to come. God, what conversation have I have entered in oh, paradise. Oh, Wonderful. Hush. Um but yeah, I get the what writers you're, of Rohan aren't going to come like coming yeah, around the they're, corner. They're not coming over at the, dawn, the, blowing yeah. the horn to yeah. fight the Nazgul. Yeah. I mean, it's not it's not going to happen. Exactly. So we have to do it ourselves. I mean, it's like the Tocqueville said in Democracy in America. You know, the thing that used to be great about Americans is that we used to just pitch in and do it for ourselves. And that's what we're going to have to do as a church. And I mean, it's frightening because we haven't had to do it ever, but it's also kind of exciting because it means that we can say, well, we learn how to work together. We learn how to build it ourselves. We learn how to do it and remake our community mm-hmm. in a, with a new fabric in a new way. And yeah, we're going to make mistakes and we'll probably screw it up sometimes, but it's an extraordinary opportunity. And it's like, um, I keep coming, coming back to this one quote and I, and I like ran across it before. And then I ran across it again because my husband was watching the movie Mudbound and, um, the black preacher was preaching over the uh, grave of the white man that oppressed his family for so long. And he, he did the first 12, um, verses from the 14th chapter of Job and one of the lines is, for there is hope for a tree cut down, that it might sprout again. And to me, that is the message of what's going on this year, whether people realize it or not. There is hope for a tree that has been cut down, mm-hmm. that it will sprout again. Because God can do a new thing. And it's hard and it good things come to an end. Mm-hmm. And it hurts. Mm-hmm. But... We also have to 
make way for the new thing that God is doing. Sure. So it's kind of, it's weird because it's like both like it's dark, but it's also hopeful. It's yeah. kind of like Holy Saturday and maybe the tombstone well, will be wrong to resurrection without squeaky chairs. Squeaky chairs, yeah. No. Not, so, a, not in this mm-hmm. uh, particular place we're yeah. podcasting is, from. Yeah, you know, Jesus in medieval theology harrowed hell. Sure. He had to go to hell itself. Sure. To break down the door. Sure. I love so. the friend the fact my Greg my friend Greg. I love the fact my friend Greg is laughing at the squeaky chairs. Squeaky, squeaky. And uh yeah. That's or, not actually one of the squeaky ones. He's trying. He's trying to squeak a chair. We're gonna get him so, on eventually. That's, here. that's a totally so, different scenario. Yeah, go ahead, my, Jessica. My, last word. My my word is is that of hope. We will find a way together to to make it happen. And um, we just can't, we can't say give up and sit on our hands and say there's nothing we can do because we can't abandon our LGBTQ brothers and sisters to the wolves like that. They need Christ and they need our love so much. Um, the ones who are in the church are just like, why are you even turning me away even at this time? And another frustrating thing for me is the fact that we're, we're going through all of this right now, and yet climate change is, like, here right now. The right. UN says in 12 years it's going to be, there's nothing we're going to be able to do. Yeah. Ever well, for and it. here in it Western is, Europe, you know, we're dealing with uh, the... The, uh, reverse, the reverse effects of climate change. Sure. But it's very much related to, to climate change. To climate change. So we might that, have a cold, rainy spring, but that means in other places they can't well, plant their crops, thinking, oh, and in other right. places Rise they're Great having Lakes fires. Levels but the Great Lakes levels are off the charts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yes, yeah. and yeah. in other places that, they can't plant their crops because it's too rainy. That's right. In other places they're having droughts. So it's so yeah. It, so it's we, frightening and frustrating that we're expending this much energy on a group of people that belong in the church <laughs> when we really should be like looking at this looming apocalypse that's coming at us yeah. right. Now it's uh, tempting to get depressed and kind of frustrated and kind of just um, mm-hmm. apathetic. But um, I appreciate. I will not be apathetic. Yeah, I appreciate your your. So. I think I think the one thing that um, activism gives us is a sense of hope. Like like that's what activism mm-hmm. is. It's living into hope. It's at it's, this point um, the best thing we can do is figure out ways to act locally join your local new york state conservation board it's in every town is required to have one per new york state law join your local conservation board write them a letter saying you want to join you know you can impact what laws are going into effect in that area what regulations plant new gardens and trees in your yards in your parks that's those are the best things you can do cool Cool. Well, we want to talk, definitely talk a lot about more about that. Uh, Jessica, thanks for coming on uh, You're tonight. welcome. Thanks for having me. We're going to um, switch uh, to uh, Jenny. Um, Jenny. Uh, Jenny Streeter. Jenny Streeter. She, um, yeah. uh, by the way, uh, beer of this special podcast happens to be PBR. Uh, classic and PBR. Oh, oh, that was nice. That was a good, that was perfect. That was on cue. I'm actually um, our, drinking a Kolsch. Uh, yeah, we know you are. But our friend Greg happened to grab Thank a PBR. You, it was a it, it was his virginal PBR experience. So that's why it is the beer of the podcast is because the fact that anybody could reach Greg's age, and I'm not going to say what his age is, 
and have not yet drank a PBR is embarrassing. I feel like this should be like at Rocky Horror Picture Show. We should take lipstick and write virgin on his forehead. It's, it's, it's possible. We could do that. We might have yeah, we to. Could do that. And, uh, but uh, nonetheless, uh, that is our beer of the podcast. As far as our uh, song of the podcast, our song of the podcast, we make the transition in this. Um, Jenny. Hello. Song of the podcast. So we heard a lot of um, thirty-second quote songs at uh, Taste of Syracuse today. If you could yeah. pick one, one ten-second, you know, there was like I don't know. I heard sticks, and um, I have to say, when we walked into Sticks, I thought we were at the Sticks concert. He actually sounded like him. I, have to I admit that it. was. Pr- that was, that was by Come far Sail Away. The was that? Come Sail Away. I thought it was at the Six okay, concert. Okay, so song of the podcast and is And then it turns out it was a terrible cover band. It, it was a terrible cover band. But I mean, I terrible, terribly great. I had already terribly committed great. to like having a good time, so we did. So okay. we did. Okay, so we're gonna we're just gonna kind of go with um, sticks. sticks. Come we're Sail gonna Away. Go sticks cover Come band. Sail Away. Cover yeah. band. It, it actually cannot be the real band because no, no, that would do it injustice. There was there, there was some legitimately fun covers though tonight. No, but no. But my favorite part is they only played thirty seconds of each cover band. So one of the reasons that we're doing this um, kind of bonus podcast tonight, Patreon. Um, uh, well, maybe eventually. We'll see. I don't ever expect to make any money out of this podcast. No, we're not. I wanna and, be rich. Bye. Yeah, it's not the reason. It's definitely well, not the reason that we. It, and uh, I want to say that. Um, do you remember Jenny, that I bought Jenny a lot of tickets tonight? Yes, yeah, true. This. She actually already could be loaded. <laughs> All we have to do is look up the numbers tomorrow Wait, morning. Folks. You shouldn't say this because actually oh you could be brought God. up on charges. I think. Oh. <laughs> All right. So confession. I told her DS that I bought lot of tickets. Oh, as long as you told your DS. No, I fine. did. This okay. was the first DS. Okay. He's like, do you, I don't know. He asked that series of questions. He I was said, like, are you in sin? And you said, yep. And <laughs> something about something. And I said, I buy a lotto ticket every Friday. And he says, you know, if you win, there'll be an issue. And I said, if, there, if you win, I will be I'll your be gone. favorite lay person who donates say, the most. You can save the church. He didn't think that was funny. <laughs> I think all. it's hilarious. I am. Uh, there's a lot of unfunny things. That's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. So, um, so one of the um, things Jenny we, and I were in youth group together. Oh, this is why I wanted to have her on. Oh, yes, Which is we weird because um, when uh, I have an older brother, that's a, you know, that's a different story. Um, uh-huh. But uh, Jenny worked with him and he was like, oh, she was in youth group with you. And I was like, I don't remember her. It's cool because I don't remember you either. Right. And she was like, I don't remember him, which means we both were too cool for each other. (laughs) We both were like, they're douchebags. Forget it. No, you you dated Pantrine for V girl. What? The girl from the like. Oh, yeah. Oh, totally. For two years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So yeah. this girl had the most beautiful hair I've she ever did. seen. It was yeah, like no. huge and curly when that was no, like cool. No, it was awesome. Laura Hornbake. I, I have no idea who yeah. she was. Yeah. But like we all idolized her. Well, we're naming her. names on a podcast. <laughs> it's true. Because we're She's all like, we're like all awesomely like, famous. And we're all like brace face freshmen. 
And then there was this like gorgeous she girl. She wanted me. <laughs> she had the most beautiful hair ever. We all called By her the shampoo commercial me. girl. <laughs> Clearly it didn't work out. Sorry. <laughs> She, she was smarter than a shampoo. shampoo um, I think I think we'll spin it like this. Things worked out for the best, <laughs> didn't they? They did. They worked out for the best. Here we are, all happily married with children. Right. God leads us in wonderful we are, ways. <laughs> we are at Thanks least for that thirty-nine years old. Lane. I feel like this is in the edit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Should we just like? So, <laughs> Jenny, let's let's. Just I'm go gonna deep. pull us back onto uh, task here. What, like what is the task? The task is really bingo. <laughs> so we played a bingo game. Yeah, let's talk about that. That'd be oh. fun. Oh, uh, we're like, we're on board. Let's, let's have so a little we, annual uh, conference so bingo. So let's just like really talk about annual conference. Let's talk let's about do it. it. So that would be I fun. am like all Methodist. Committed. Like oh. I love being Methodist, and yet I. Hate amendments to amendments to amendments, and that's why I will never go to general conference because a whoosh. I like that. A whoosh. Is that a term? A term? A whoosh. It's, can, it's can I spell so that? painful. Can you spell that? It's so painful. Those people get to the microphone. I've been trying to elect you because I know how much you would enjoy general conference. The advantage of a podcast is that we don't have to spell a whoosh. Oh, a whoosh. No, it's so be a term I use with to make annual now. conference better, periodically, some people may make bingo boards. May. <laughs> Derek? <laughs> and I, no, I didn't win, so I had to stay. I had to keep staying because I like to win. I won the first one, by yeah, the way. Yeah, so then he left. Yeah, but then I, I, I was out. He was out, and I kept staying, and then I made a new game so I could she, win another she, she game. She did win the second game. Yeah, but then fair. I stayed. To she win didn't yell game. out as loud as I yelled out the first time, though. So we did. You actually yell bingo? I, you're damn so right. My, I did. That is incredible, Matt. You, but I'm, let's. I, I, I wish that I would have been in there, except you, that I. You can really. No, no you don't. No, don't you care. don't. Yeah, you don't care. Can I just say one of our squares was Matt shows up? <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> That was like the bonus square. Like bonus. if that happened, it was like. <laughs> so it was like it was the one that was right in the middle. Like no. not only shows no. up, like shows up and sits down next to you. So, so you one. showed up in the back of the room. That didn't count. I, I made one and I, I showed it to Nate Lang, and he was angry that I didn't put Nate Lang as an asshole on it again. We'll have. A, we're gonna definitely have Nate Lang on. I, I'm hoping that we're gonna have Nate Lang on. Um, at uh, Ponies. Can we each share our favorite square? Yeah, Ooh, favorite go ahead. Square. Yeah, uh, favorite well, square of okay, uh, so. annual conference bingo. I feel like so we have a fantastically smart Derek Hansen here who it's, like it's true. He's brilliant. He he is. If you don't know him, that's a shame. So you should probably get to know him. So Derek, true story. What favorite was your square. favorite square? A couple come right to mind. Uh, one was our double rainbow oh! square. Oh, I have to agree. I agree. It, it was elusive for most of the so day. So the double rainbow for for most that don't know is when 
one person speaks at the mic with a with a rainbow stole, and a second person follows. With that's a hard stole. to do because usually the opposite person is called to the that's mic. That's true. That's so true. It's basically a mistake like, on the bishop. We waited a long time for a double that took rainbow. Two and a half days. Yeah, it did. And when it happened, we we, we cheered. cheered. We cheered so loud. The, like the the other like thing. Matt. The other thing that was that was funny. We had a square we called clap off. Oh, this was a good one. It took this was longer. your title, by the way. This was your title. That's correct. The bishop will tell people not to clap. Yeah, yeah. This is not what we do. This is not this what we is, do. No. Is what we do saying. not clap. Yeah, not no, what we we're don't about. We don't show emotion. And That's so right. there, there was a, a passionate speech given by someone we knew. And Derek would, and I were giving each other give the a eyes, passionate like speech sometime out. during the conference. And we were ready for the clap and nothing. Later on in the day, something ridiculously stupid <laughs> cre- no uh, led pens to the, out. the clap off. And Derek so and I both woke each other up. We're like, we got it. Clap off. We finally got it. Dang, it was a moment. Great, great. Okay, great so moment. what about yours then? I mean, this, this is the so, joys of annual conference, right? So, here. one of my favorites. An individual got to the mic and just sighed deeply. <sighs> oh, you stole mine. I hate to say that, but no, it's so great. Like, so, why by are the you way, so this tired is the middle, of going to the this, mic? This is the middle of all of our boards. <laughs> is the audible sigh. <sighs> but you chose to go to the mic. Right. You chose like, to stand up. This is so hard. Um, like, sit back I want to make down. a motion to. <sighs> Well, why'd you step up there? This is so hard. I'm sighing like that, but I'm sitting in my seat watching you. Right. And I'm dry as dirt. Yeah. Yeah. Mine was pretending to love gay people. Mm. Ooh. <laughs> Saying, oh, well, we have differences, but we love you. Uh-huh. We love you as long as you sit in the back of the bus. Hmm. I think that's called bearing false witness. <laughs> okay. So there's another one. We called yep. it AA. I love it. But it's actually not the AA, you know. It's actually amendment to an amendment, which internally leads to a... <sighs> that's usually when I go to the bathroom. Yeah, and, and we had going to last for a while. We had how many of those? Um, uh, at least three. Uh, at least three. Derek's right. Yeah, at least I'm gonna three. I'm going to give it two. Yeah, three. Yeah, we had a lot of parliamentary procedure going on today uh, over the last uh, three days. So, um, can we talk in, about elections? In the midst of all of this, we, we, can. Are, we are doing work. So, and we have these wonderful voting machines, and we have people that were. Asking so to do things. So the voting machines look like the cell phones rich people had in 1980s. Love it. And then they nobody. Yeah, like, a, like a Nokia 99. I'm, nobody really yeah. caught on to them. Because after what that, that, what was that Nokia? People went to the flip phone, which again, nobody bought. I, I've, asked, I've asked that machine. I, I've asked Alexa to switch the channel. It hasn't worked. So we hold it up Derek to our. Is, 
Derek has uh, provided a lot of help for us. It is the Nokia 3310. So if you're listening out there, you want to Google the Nokia 3310. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. yeah I had that phone. Yeah. I Didn't we all? So I had the, I, at one point, I had the color version. I actually think oh, that that yeah. is more I, I actually never had than one of our those. voting machine has. Because <laughs> we like to hold it up to our our mouth and say, mute, Alexa, mute. But I have to say, in favor of the Nokia 3310. <laughs> <laughs> As you, you never, would. You never had to charge it. That's true. I had to charge my phone twice. It was indestructible. When you held it up to your hand, your ear and your mouth, you heard You always space. heard the conversation. Oh. That's because no one else was talking on their cell phone around you. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Okay. I, f- uh, I feel like we digressed. So, so we had yes, two does. We had two bingo winners. Bingo. Yeah. I, I won bingo one. Yeah, then he left. Yeah. Well, yeah, like because that's I won. The, that's the whole point of bingo is the fact that you get I can't, to leave. I can't make Greg think you can like stand up, all. hold your arms up. He said, "I saw you but once," then, but, and I was like, "I was there for like ever." But then, but Derek and I did not want to leave. Hold on, no, they didn't. They, they're I, really they're I, super method. I want everyone to note that I'm uber Methodist. There's a certain super. They they really are methodical. There's a certain. <laughs> There's a certain non-bingo participant. John on the Wesley microphone. was burning in my heart. <laughs> that would be. Um, Fire! I don't think it was John Wesley. I think it was actually Francis Asbury or Thomas Coke, because I, they're I, the I, ones that convened the the conference. Probably just had some reflex from our lunch. <laughs> those sandwiches were banging. Oh my god, those were amazing. Darwin, Darwin for sandwiches. So sandwiches. we get a, we get an official sandwich shop in Syracuse. Darwin, yeah. it would be Darwin's. Oh. Yeah, it was. Ladies we and gentlemen, went twice. This podcast has been sponsored by Darwin. No, sandwiches. it wasn't. We paid. We paid full. <laughs> it's not sponsored. I'm I'm considering. But uh, Darwin, do you like yeah. to sponsor us? Because we'll be back. Twenty twenty. Yeah. Three days. It's a true story. Um, there's the there's the also the person that didn't actually show up and participate in bingo and that would be me. <laughs> no, but you are but our, our ex- like bonus. Yeah, and yeah, Matt yeah. shows up as our, our square. Our expectations are set so low <laughs> that we made you a bonus square. If you showed exactly. up, we'd all if won. If you simply appear in the same row that we're sitting, that was that was the thing. Not, I did not the room, not the room. <laughs> so, I did. Did walk in with you. Yeah, so you looked us, in the room and then, and then you I met somebody who, who needed to have a drink. And I was like, oh, I can have a drink. So we walked be, in. Uh, so I walked out with them. We walked in five minutes late. And we're like trying to be stealthy about our five minute late appearance. I wasn't. You were trying to be stealthy? Well, clearly you weren't. And we go in, we all sit down, and we look down the row. We're like, where the hell's Matt? <laughs> No, to be fair, the person I had a drink with is a mentor of mine. I'm so glad you got mentoring time. <laughs> you know, I really did. Where are you going, Matt? He oh, basically said the same thing that I have. <laughs> He's like, why my- will you not poop or get off the pot? <laughs> no, his mentor was no, like. Actually, he, he, he urged me not to pick a fight with people. The Certain first, people who have a lot more power than I do. The first sip that Matt took. To which Matt said. I'm Men- sorry, I can't help myself. I'm sorry, I'm like Don Quixote. I can't help but tilt at windmills. No, the first sip Matt took, mentor was like, bingo! 
one. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. Jenny, it's been uh, really fabulous to have you on. Oh, We're going to have you on some I'm more. Getting, I'm getting kicked off, huh? <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. Am I ruining well, no, the podcast? I, I really think, no, no, not at all. No, that's cool. I think um, it's been really... Should we just, she feels should we just, like, should we just oh. chug this? I'd like. Oh, Go chug? ahead. Are we chugging? No. Time to chug. Matt doesn't have anything. Matt. It's not fair. Hold on. Here's the full one. Matt. Oh, that oh, was boy. Matt's warm. kicking me off. That's that, that so warm. That That's wrong. I think I... I don't Matt. know if I really need to, to drink anymore tonight. So, yeah, can exactly. I just keep talking on this? Go ahead. No, no. I think we should talk about elections. I think that's a real thing. Okay, a real talk, topic. Let's, let's talk about elections. No, I, you're good at like, I don't know. Let's talk about the next election. Okay, let's talk about elections. So, so here's the thing with elections. No, I, I, it's like this is real topic. Like, are we talking about you know Methodist thing? Like, okay, I'd like to talk about beer, but like I'm here for annual conference. So let's talk about. Okay, yeah, I want to talk about elections in in a serious way, because one of the things that that we have observed in the last, I don't know, since I've been a participant of annual conference, is the fact that we have this constant. conservative, um, uh, what do you call it, caucus that has always managed to really elect its delegates every four years to annual, to general conference. And it's, and it's been amazing to me because I know, and they know that our conference is not terribly conservative and yet it looks conservative by the delegates that we send Every four years, so every quadrennium. Here, here's my naivety, or, or the thing which drives me nuts is, by our rules, there should never be any caucusing related to elections. Well, and okay, that- okay, and, and this is my naivety. All right, is I don't want to say to my friend Greg, who's sitting here at the table, you're a full elder. Hey, I want to go to jurisdictional conference. My number is blah, 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 20, whatever it is. And Derek wants to go too. So elect us and let us know what you think. And we're going to go on your behalf. Cause I kind of feel like that's, that's, it's kind of weird to do. Like my colleagues should send me because my colleagues feel like I'm the right person to go for them. But what's happened is, there has been this caucusing of these are the people sh- that should go. Now, this has happened on the conservative side. Mm-hmm. But the first time the progressive side has done it, and the progressives have pretty much, not completely. Which is this year. Not completely. No. Yeah. Pretty much swept the ballot. Right. For the first time that I know of. Right. So what does that tell you? The whole process is suspect. It tells no. It tells me no. Organization is important. Show it's, up because no, it's no. Show up, idiot. Two years ago, I showed up, and for the first time in my entire life, I was the minority person, and I I just showed up and I didn't sit next to my best friends because I don't know where they were, and I just sat in a not row. Not present. We were not present. Probably. Two, two years ago. No. Two years ago. We kept stepping onto the general conference no. or so, like, oh, not today. So two years ago, I yeah, sat no, Yeah. I sat down in like the wrong section of like conference and everybody around me pulls out a sheet of paper and they're voting based on a sheet of paper. They were all Was the this for delegates? Yeah. 
This to the been, conservative. To this the, would have been four years okay, ago. Okay, so four, uh, whatever. But, yeah. It was... A, oh, I and then I definitely wasn't there four years ago. Okay, so four whatever <laughs> the... That would have been epic year. Four years ago would have been epic. That would have been epic year. So wow. I never even okay, heard of this kind of thing. Podcast. So all of them pull out of their back pocket the numbers and the people they're supposed to vote on. And I'm just like in the wrong side of town, but in my annual conference, and they all vote. And I watch before us, like, boom, boom, boom. Like, first vote, three conservative people get voted in. And I'm voting for, like, hey, I like Dobbin. I like Matt. I like Jessica. Sweet. Just like, so and much. we are all unorganized. And while we're all just, like, I thought I might voting for 10. my best friend, because I think she'd be cool if she went to annual conference, they, like, take all those seats. And then they go to general conference and vote that terribleness that happened. Yeah. That terribleness. And so now we're like, hey, let's all get together. And we made a we made a sheet. We played their game and we won. But it shows you need to be organized. You you like Do you think you, it's gonna make a difference though in 2020? It has to make some I I, I have to what, believe what is the it difference that it makes. Difference. What is the difference that it makes? It, it makes this difference. The margins were so close. We're not gonna undo it. Well, no, we're not gonna undo it, but if we if we so what is and I hate to say this, but if what, we, what is the end game here? If we this fight, is where I guess I'm at is stalemate. No, we're not saying that. Stalemate is where I, we were at. Yeah, but the problem is, like, it's going to be the same exact thing that happened at that because they are ready. They are ready for this, and we're like, so what if it's just? Uh, are we? Are we really not ready? Though, we're not at this ready. Point? Did you did you read all the minutes from all those conferences? Yeah. It's split. Yeah. It's split. So if half the people leave, then we're screwed. Right. And half the people but or a third you, of the people are going to leave. Do you not think, though, that these elections in places as conservative as um, Arkansas and Florida, <laughs> do you not think that these serve as lessons I think I think there was a certain because of the caucusing that was going on with conservatives and evangelicals. There was a certain sense of, oh yeah, a certain delusion that oh yeah, we are the majority. We speak for the majority. Cool. And now there's this like, um, and I mean I think the most interesting thing about General Conference 2019 and the Judicial Council decisions of 2019 and the aftermath of 2019 is that. There has been this incredible blowback from the rank and file of the United Methodism that has said, this is not our church, this is not who we are, and we are not going to stand for this, and we will go as far as evaluating our relationship with the denomination. And I think that's, I think that's remarkable. I'm, I'm, I'm there with you, and I think it has to do with hardened lines is the fact that as soon as the lines became even more hardened with criteria around that, is even when those in the middle said, mm, it's not there with you. So it's the hardened line piece. But don't you think that's also because of the out- because the outcome is different, don't you think that serves as an object lesson for the fact that maybe it's not too late? I worry, though. I worry, though, because I think we're thinking too insular. I think the, our problem is is we're thinking of our world, the people that are already in the United Methodist Church. I'm thinking of the young family 
that has a baby-to-baby baptized and then go into Main Street, wherever they live. There's a Presbyterian church, a Baptist church, and a Methodist church, and all they can think about is the recent news of the Methodist church, and they have no affiliation with all three. And so they go to one of the other two. And I think we're not acknowledging what kind of hurt that kind of decision when it gets that public on the media. I, I, yeah, I'm going to... I'm going to back Jenny up on this Sorry. one in the sense Sorry, that um, this. people that are inside the church already, even the United Methodist Church, um, they have a loving place and they know it's a loving place. You know, in my church, they know they're loved. They're, if they're in Greg's church or if they're in your church, Matt, or if they're in Derek's church and they know they're loved and they know their pastor is there for them, it's not going to matter. What happens it's the people who are not there yet and that's where i've seen the ucc step up right after the decision was made and the ucc was like hey if you don't have a place anywhere else you have a place with us and i thought wow it is really interesting is that, to is me. that like a people grab you know this is just hey we're all hurting yeah. but this is a weird thing right here it, it is really interesting to me that the UCC basically did in the in 2019 what the SBC did in the 80s and 90s. SBC, can you? So, so the Baptist, Baptist Church. Convention. So the Baptist Convention. So like, With everybody so like, else made different decisions. So basically, in the 80s and 90s, you had where when times were much more conservative, um, you had were they. Yeah, they were, they were in in the in the sense that if you got up in your and, and I I'm just gonna speak from my own my own my own um, perspective perspective. But if you still if you stood up in your church and you said, "We're gonna fight the gay agenda," do you know what I mean by that? Yeah. Well, that, I that, think so. that would be the I mean, language. Not of, really based on the churches right. that I went to, but I but think that I would understand. be the, that would be the language of the moral majority of the okay. 80s. Okay. Yeah. They would say we're going to fight the gay agenda. Like people being gay. But yeah, it was broader. It was but that it was, it was that It was like that we're going to fight homosexuality gonna go, bring in a whole liberal We're going to go on a crusade against yeah, against immorality and against the prevailing like all those 80s movies. Right. Right. So this is where Matt and I, sometimes I'm like, wow. I grew uh, my up Oklahoma in, friends used to tell me those movies like this, right? were real. Yes, right. exactly. Because so, they were like kind of comical to us. Yeah. And our friends who watched uh, them, they yeah. like, too soon, not funny. Not comical to me. Yeah. Not comical to me. Yeah. Yeah. Because, okay. because you know, even in college, going to Houghton, I knew that, um, you know, if you have sex, it might lead to dancing. That was always the joke. Babies dancing, come out and dancing. Dancing, dancing was banned at uh, at uh, a lot oh, of Christian Derek's, colleges. Derek's not. Derek, do you go to Houghton? No, he just knows dancing That's leads. Heard. Yeah, oh, he, you, he, yeah, you heard that dancing yeah. leads to, to terrible things. No, sex leads to dancing. Oh, sex leads. You to shouldn't dancing. have sex because it could lead to dancing. Uh, dancing is the worst that thing that could happen. But yeah. <laughs> oh, joke! I was thinking the same thing. Like, wow. I, wow. We, used to, we used to joke about Clearly that. Clearly yeah. I do it in the wrong order. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So let's let's switch gears here. So in... Okay. It used to be that you, you would go up 
before a congregation and say, we're going to fight the gay agenda to applause. Wow. And if you didn't, if you said we're going to support, you know, gay folks and lesbian folks, uh, because it was only like two categories back. Right. In, back then it was. Back then. Old. Gay and lesbian. Yeah, it was it was it was basically homosexual. Let's right. just ge- generalize it. It was yeah. homosexual. Yeah. Uh not not LBGTQIA plus. Not that we're trying to put that down, but it was homosexual. Yeah. So if you stood up before a congregation and said that, you'd be like, Okay, I know that I'm gonna lose half my congregation by saying that. Oh mm-hmm. probably at that time. Yeah. So it's not it's not I think what what the WCA folks misunderstood was that it's not the 80s anymore. It's the it's 2019. So when you stand when you stand up and you think that people are going to applaud or even the majority of people in your church is going to applaud, it's not the case. No. Yeah. In fact, just it, in fact, the opposite happens. People go what do you mean? Right. That's that's insane. And and so I think I think the WCA greatly underappreciated and underestimated their position. I want to. Uh, I'm sorry, Greg. We didn't get you on tonight, but uh, it's okay. I'll catch you next time. Greg is a Greg is a church planter, and we want to have him on real soon. We do making gardens, planting plants, making Purchase. gardens. Do you want to, do you want to is do that like quick? making candles? Oh, you're good. Go ahead. No, you no, no we're gonna quick? finish with you, Jenny. Oh. Yeah, we'll finish with you tonight, yeah. and no, Greg, we'll catch up because we'll you're local. Greg is Greg, Greg is more local than you. Another time. Deep Joyce is leaving now. Yeah, Niagara County. Greg, great to see you. Goodbye. My name is Greg. That's not really Greg. They didn't I put him on. This is, a, this is a safe neighborhood. Just don't walk down the street. It's yes, really just safe. Just we just don't invite you just, to leave you, the yeah. door. Do you need me to call you an Uber? Fayette. Because sure, I have it on my phone. Fayette is totally fine. Yeah. yeah. I'm good. Yeah. I, yeah we you do have six s- bikes here if you need one. No, you should be fine. Five. Just, okay, there's five. Just five. If you need one, we'll, just don't walk As long as you give it back tomorrow. Six got stolen, but don't worry about that. Wait, what? You said there were six bikes. Oh, sorry. We had a we actually had a sixth member of a, our that could have been a team, funny. But they, 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 they disappeared the first night because yeah. they walked um, the I think wrong they way on Oswego Street. They <sighs> fell into a well. They fell into the wrong crowd. So we. So I think true. you already talked about this, but we are. If you don't like Airbnb, that's your bad. I am absolutely. Convinced and if you're true. not staying at Airbnb and you're in a United Methodist, because I cannot. Imagine who else would listen to this. You're, it's your bed. <laughs> Annual oh, conference. There might, and be something, there might be somebody out there who is ex-evangelical, who is listening ex- to this going. Ex-evangelical. Okay. I love it. I want to so be So if you are at a conference. No, no, you don't. No, you're right. You really you're, don't. I just feel like it has You're at a conference hero. and you have more than four friends and you're not in an Airbnb. We've made that mistake before, too. Yeah. It's and true. That's we're going to help you. We're going to ha- we're having a great time. Yep. And we're closer to the city pretty much most of our college. We could walk everywhere. And we had a delicious breakfast twice. And great dinner. We had a great dinner. Somebody made a steak. Place to chill, take a nap. 
it was just really nice because you didn't have to like organize. Free You're just like when you come out of your room, you're like, hey, what do you want to do? We had a family meeting today. <laughs> and it worked out okay, but it did work out okay because we were able we to have a family meeting. Yeah, we had a family meeting. So no I was like, feelings. I'm sick of you all. I'll see you at 8.30. <laughs> I, I heard that. Yeah. And then I got a picture of a middle finger. <laughs> so, all right. Any last words for us? Uh, uh, until next time, Biachas. Anything, Jenny? Thank you for letting me be on your show. You're welcome. Oh, we're not done. We're we're having a, we had a great I, time. I Thank feel you like for uh, a we're lot having of this you. We're having. Out. I, I think we might have you and your spouse on next time. If you vote for Pedro, all your wildest dreams will come true. That's so true. I think we're gonna let Jessica have the last Let's word. Let's talk about why are you expanding on your worst idea ever? My favorite quote from the office. We're going to let that go with that. And uh, we want to thank you for joining us uh, for another episode of A Tribe Called Methodist. Indeed. Until next time. Yo, yo. Peace.